Welcome to our new CMDA podcast, The Voice of Advocacy. Today, we're going to address the topic of conscience and how our current administration's Department of Health and Human Services is working to weaken conscience protections placed within federal regulations by the prior administration, as well as CMDA's efforts to legally protect your conscience freedoms as our CMDA members. I'm Dr. Jeff Barrows, host of the Voice of Advocacy, and today I'm joined by our CMDA Director of Federal Public Policy, Anna Pilato, as we welcome our guest, Daniel Blomberg. Daniel is a Vice President and Senior Counsel for Beckett, a national legal group protecting religious liberty for everyone. He received his undergraduate degree from Columbia International University and his law degree from the University of South Carolina School of Law. During law school, he clerked for the South Carolina Attorney General's Office, and after completing law school, he was privileged to clerk for the Chief Judge of the U.S. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. As an attorney, Daniel has represented many religious organizations and businesses and is currently representing CMDA in our federal case entitled New York versus HHS. He and his wife have five children, and I also understand a noisy beagle. So welcome to the podcast, Daniel. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Anna. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, Daniel, the Biden HHS has just released their final version of what has become known as their, quote, conscience rule, which will become final uh, in the month of March. This rule factors strongly in a lawsuit that you and Beckett have filed on behalf of CMDA and one of our members, Dr. Regina Frost-Clark. Could you briefly explain the relationship between the lawsuit and this new conscience rule? Sure. So the conscience rule is really just a regulation that implements dozens of existing federal statutes that protect conscience for medical professionals. Unfortunately, the new rule replaces a far more robust conscience rule that the Trump administration had issued and which CMDA and Dr. Frost-Clark intervened to defend, to protect that when it was when a lawsuit was filed on behalf of Planned Parenthood in New York and others up in New York State. Uh, CMDA jumped in to help protect conscience rights and that more robust conscience rule several years ago. And at this point, though, the, the Biden administration has removed the older rule and replaced it with a weaker new rule. That's frankly bad news for medical conscience. Everybody wants their doctor to have a conscience, and everybody wins when there are more doctors meeting patient needs, not less. But without conscience protections, CMDA surveys have shown over 90% of religious doctors could Mm -hmm. be forced out of practice, or at least have their practices substantially limited. And that's not only bad, it's, it's just unnecessary, because religious doctors care for everyone, regardless of their age, race, sex, economic status, sexual orientation, gender identity, CMDA doctors particularly take an oath to care for everyone with love and compassion. So conscience protections don't harm patients. They protect doctors from having to perform particular procedures that would violate their conscience. And that's what we're trying to protect here. And that's what CMDA has been on the front lines of doing for quite some time. Thanks for your answer, Daniel. Um, That's very helpful. And I want to dive a little deeper. I realize you and your colleagues at Beckett have really really gotten into this rule, really gotten to the nitty gritty of the statute. 
Can you give us some highlights from your legal perspective as to what the rule does and doesn't do for our members? I know we're getting questions from folks, you know, how is this going to affect my day-to-day -day practice? So can you tell us how this will impact them practically? Yeah, so the prior rule, the rule that the Trump administration issued, gave real teeth to the way that HHS could enforce those federal statutes that protect conscience rights for medical professionals. It allowed them to really engage with the regulated entities in a way that ensured conscience rights would actually be respected. Among other things, it required that those regulated entities would have to provide written assurances that they were actually following federal law, which is, which is really good. I mean, it seems like kind of a no-brainer that if you're, you know, you're accepting federal dollars that come with the requirement that you're going to respect federal conscience rights, it, it shouldn't be a problem to say, yeah, we're doing the thing that you're requiring us to do. But unfortunately, the Biden administration has taken that away. It has said, no, we're actually not going to require the people that are agreeing to follow federal law tell us that they actually are doing it. And the last thing that the, the Trump administration rule did that was very helpful is it provided HHS's understanding of key terms in federal statutes. And those key terms were really important for making sure that for everyone understood what it was meant for a, a doctor or nurse or other medical professional not to be discriminated against because they decided not to participate in an objectionable procedure like an abortion, elective abortion, or a euthanasia procedure. So that's what those protections did before with the Trump administration. All three of those protections have now been removed by the Biden administration, unfortunately. Well, Daniel, I know there's some confusion among many of our members because those that have especially been practicing for a long period of time and are aware that there are federal protections in law, such as the Church Amendments, the Snow Coats Amendment, uh, the Weldon Amendment. So there, and then you have RIFRA that is in law. And so I know that there is some confusion. Initially, I was confused when I came into this position as to, okay, we have those statutes in place. What is the reason and the importance of this, quote, conscience rule within HHS, which seems to me to take lesser importance, and yet we have spent a lot of time, and you and your, your partners there at Beckett have spent a lot of time trying to protect, as you said, the Trump administration, HHS. So help our members understand why this is so critical in light of the fact that there are statutes in place. The confusion is warranted, right? But it really boils down to the, the difference between having a rule and enforcing a rule, right? So again, like we were talking about earlier, for decades, we've had dozens of protections in federal law that safeguard medical professionals from violating their conscience in the provision of medical care. And you listed several of them. So the church amendments, for instance, started back in the 1970s that protect individuals and organizations that have objections to performing abortions or sterilizations. The Hyde-Weldon Amendment, first passed back in 2005, also protects individuals and entities from having to pay for or cover or participate in an abortion. And then the Coates-Snow Amendment, passed in 1996, protects individuals and in medical training programs and the programs themselves from being forced to participate in abortion. So these are just some of the major protections that have been in place for quite some time. And the issue is, is how do you get those rules that exist out there, those laws, the statutes that exist out there to actually be enforced? Mm. And that's what these regulations were meant to do. They were meant to say, hey, 
Congress has told us, HHS, what we have to do. This is how we're going to do it. And so the Trump administration rules, and in fact, actually, the, the Bush administration rules from several years before that also said, this is how we're going to go about protecting those conscience rights that have already been established by federal law for decades. And then unfortunately, the Obama administration and later the Biden administration both times clawed back those protections. They took them away and said, we're not going to enforce them in the way that these other regulations have required. And CMDA, again, has been a leader on this issue. The CMDA did uh, important nationwide surveys back in 2009 and 2011, helping folks understand the importance of this issue, saying, hey, listen, this is what happens if you take away conscience protections. This is the kind of conscience conflicts that are arising in the medical workspace. And so CMDA has been helping sound the alarm and ensure these protections are being put in place. It's just unfortunate that we see the Biden administration rolling back uh, the protections that have been a part of federal law for decades. Yeah. And, and so where, Daniel, does this leave us then with our federal lawsuit that you're engaged with? We're still evaluating how the lawsuit might proceed and what next steps might be. In some ways, the, the most effective steps might be ones that are outside the courtroom and other spaces. But the really important things are actually for your members to hear that they want to engage on this issue, right? They want to get in touch with CMDA. They want to talk about the ways that they are facing real problems and the ways that they can be engaged to head off the problems in the future. And so just to give you an example. One of the leading arguments from the other side, from like New York State and Planned Parenthood, was that there just weren't that many complaints of conscience violations that have been submitted to HHS. Now, you know and I know why that was. That's because until very, very recently, HHS wasn't doing anything to protect people. So why are you going to go and do all the work of submitting a complaint when it's not, you know, it's going to go in the circular file, right? That's that it, it made a lot of sense that people were responding in that way. But that's exactly what New York and Planned Parenthood leaned on and said, well, there's no need for this regulation. We know that wasn't true. We, you know, CMDA surveys from 2009, 2011 show it wasn't true, but it's really important for your members to engage on this issue. When federal regulations are being considered and adopted and things like that, there are opportunities for comments. And it's really important for members to coordinate with groups like CMDA to say, this is a real problem. We really need protection here because in the real world, you know, where the rubber meets the road, it matters if you take away a doctor's conscience protections. It matters to patients, it matters to doctors, it matters to the provision of medical care. It can also be important in appropriate instances, and this is something you'd want to think through carefully, and again, I'd recommend contacting CMDA about this, it can be appropriate to reach out to HHS and file a complaint and say, I am facing a conscience problem, I do need help, and give HHS the opportunity to do the right thing, or at least to create a record of when they don't do the right thing. And finally, be aware of the other types of solutions that are potentially on the table. You know, one of the reasons why, you know, so much of this has been going back and forth with HHS is the some of the existing federal statutes, at least arguably, don't provide the ability of the doctors, individual doctors and nurses, to go and get relief in court, right? They have to go through the agencies, or at least arguably have to go through the agencies first. And so members of Congress have been looking at solutions that would allow, you take out the middleman, get rid of HHS as being the kind of the gatekeeper to protection for doctors and nurses and other medical professionals, and let them go straight to court when they're being forced to participate in abortion or euthanasia or something like that. Uh, so there are, there are lots of options out there, lots of paths mm -hmm. forward, and it's really important to engage to protect conscience here. 
Uh, Daniel, that's great. But can you just dive just a little bit deeper? Because I think probably a lot, maybe some of our audience has no idea what a comment is <laughs> and ha doesn't isn't aware of this regulatory process that's you know pretty opaque to the public that we know like the back of our hands. Can you just kind of quickly walk through in 10 seconds or less <laughs> of what it is <laughs> to submit a comment? <laughs> Man, a lawyer can barely breathe in 10 seconds. I'll do, I'll do what I can. All right. So everyone's heard about the three branches of government. What they don't realize is that a lot of the a lot of the way our federal government is run today is through a fourth branch, which is through the agencies. And that's what we've been talking about. One of those agencies this entire time, HHS. And HHS often works by promulgating rules, creating rules that say, here's what Congress says, and here's how we're going to enforce it. And when they're making those rules, they have to ask for your feedback, ask for members of the public, you know, educated individuals, folks like CMDA to come in and say, here's what matters. Here's what you should be thinking about as you're making those rules. And here's why your idea is a bad idea. Or here's why your idea is a good idea, providing that kind of feedback. Hmm. And that feedback is called comments. And it really is fairly straightforward. I mean, there's a, there's a website that you go to and you write in your comment, you identify who you are, or you identify yourself as a part of an organization, and you click send, and it goes there. And the, the way I think you would want to engage as an individual is by reaching out to groups like CMDA and asking about what type of regulations are pending right now, how can I comment, how can I be helpful, and what guidance do you have for me in this specific situation? Thank you. Not 10 seconds, but... Yeah, not, not terrible for a lawyer. Close not enough. Terrible. It was close. It was close. Well, Daniel, you've made a couple of really good points. Uh, one that I want to echo again for our listeners, and that is that if they have experienced or are experiencing some type of restriction or even a threat against their conscience freedoms, they need to make that known. And if, if they don't want to make it public, they just want to simply write us or even maybe consider filing a complaint. I know that Anna has created a blog post that we're going to be putting on the point in the next week or so that has a, a link of how you can file a formal complaint. We also have some legal help uh, that's set aside. But you need to step forward and make it known so that as we make those arguments... On your behalf, we can use these stories. We won't use your name, won't uh, use any identifiers, but make these stories uh, known to those that are in government so that we can, the next time around, hopefully get a stronger conscience rule. So with that, I, I just want to point out, Daniel, that uh, I'm, I'm looking at Scripture and First Timothy. Uh, Paul writes to his favorite disciple uh, in First Timothy 1, verse 5, that the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. And then later in that same chapter, he continues in saying, talking about how holding faith and a good conscience is so critical, and by rejecting this— some have made a shipwreck of their faith. So, Daniel, I just want to acknowledge that you and your team are helping our members practice medicine according to their conscience, preventing them from be having a shipwreck made of their faith. So thank you for all your efforts on behalf of our members and for joining us today on The Voice of Advocacy. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Anna. Thanks. Finally, want to thank all of our listeners. Uh, appreciate uh, any feedback that you might have, and you can send it to advocacy at cmda.org. And we look forward to joining with you the next time.
You are invited to join CMDA for a rally at the United States Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, March 26. The court is hearing oral arguments in FDA versus Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine. We hope you will join our large group of healthcare professionals on the court steps to stand for women's health and safety. This is an important case as we seek to protect the vulnerable through our advocacy efforts. For more information and to sign up to attend, contact advocacy at cmda.org. This podcast has been a production of Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate. Thank you.